Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. On this Best Deal episode, we will explore the human side of real estate investing with a seasoned pro about the legendary best deal of their life. A deal isn't just the investment, it is also the person executing it. Stay with us and learn what it takes to be the best investor possible. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Royal-Smith. I'm the owner of Royal Legal Solutions, your home for real estate asset protection, business law, tax, everything you need. We're a one-stop shop for real estate investors. I'm here with a good friend of mine, uh, Jordan. He's going to have some um, uh, powerful information today with you guys um, about something that we haven't really talked about before, which has to do with real estate funds and how can that really be the best deal that you can make. Uh, A lot of people are out there thinking real estate investing means that, hey, I need to actually go purchase a single family home. Uh, but what it could mean is saying, you know what, I actually just want money that's protected inside of real estate as an asset class. So thinking of it uh, a little differently in that sort. And I will guarantee you guys, I won't let Jordan off the hook easy here with just only softball questions. We're really going to be diving into um, some of the nitty gritty of like what I think about being a professional investor um, as well as an attorney myself. So Jordan, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. And can you give us a little background about what people need to know um, about you to be able to get a sure. context that we're going to share today. Great to be with you, Scott. Sure. So I've been a financial journalist for about 40 years. I was at Money Magazine for 18 years, uh, NBC News for nine years, uh, Marketplace Radio. I'm a regular on radio shows, on TV shows all over the country. And my website is moneyanswers.com. I take emails from there. I've got all kinds of resources. I've done 13 books on different aspects of personal finance, including a lot about real estate. So I've kind of come at this as a financial journalist and I do it myself as well. That's fantastic, Jordan. Um, and I, I think that, that that's one of the great things that I love talking with uh, journalists about is because journalists are typically some of the most well-read people just absolutely devour information right. uh, as it comes up. Um, so in terms of, of looking at uh, your best deal of the day, I think we, we started talking about you know funds and, and what do we need to know about funds? Uh, what's a good way for us to enter into that conversation? So something I'm involved in are called Regulation A-plus funds, or they're commonly called crowdfunding funds. And this really started in 2012. Congress passed a law called the JOBS Act of 2012, which authorized crowdfunding funds for the first time. It had never existed before that. And their purpose was to allow uh, real estate people to get their deals done, to get funding that they couldn't get done otherwise, and for investors to be able to participate in deals that they wouldn't be able to get into before. So I've involved, I'm on the board of a fund that's been very, very successful. The minimum to get in is $5,000. <laughs> so it allows the average person to have access to, in the past would have been like 100 million or something for a pension fund. So it helps both sides of the equation. The developers, typically smaller developers in smaller deals that the banks, you know, the banks wanna do a 25, 50, $100 million deal these are like a half a million or a million or you know, relatively small deals. They have a really hard time getting financing. So it helps them get their projects done. It helps investors get a decent return. The fund I'm involved in, it's an 8% yield, completely passively to you. So we'll talk about it in more detail, but that's the general category of what are these called crowdfunding real estate deals. 
Now I've, I've looked at a lot of fund uh, management before and, and looking uh, like up the down curve and just some of like the, the I guess those are really preliminary books, but they really uh, just, just reading two books on that subject. I, I've been blown away about how many different ways people structure funds and how much you really need to know about funds sometimes to be able to know um, what you're getting into with those. I think yours is structured a little bit different because you guys are doing like, say, Hey, you know, you put your money in here, probably have a, a certain amount of hold time with that. And we get one, give you one year, one year, yeah, one year, old time, which is pretty short. Right. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, and then you guys do like an 8% uh, passive. What's the, what's the, the fun, the fun name, just so I can have something to refer yeah, to. It's called the secured real estate income strategies fund. Okay. Trees for short S R E I S. Okay. And the website to find out about more is securedrealestatefunds.com. And you're right, the management, there's a lot of different ways of structuring these things. In this case, the management are two guys named uh, Tom uh, Bregelman and Chuck Trelka, based in California, who've been doing this kind of thing for 30 years. And basically, there's two structures, two, two strategies they use to make this work. The one is called forced appreciation, meaning they're doing something to the building to appreciate the value of it. Uh, it's not based on general market appreciation of a particular area. They're adding value to a specific piece of real estate in some major way. So that's the first one. And the second strategy they use is what's called collaborative lending, meaning they're a real partner with the borrower developer and help them get through the whole process. And in return for being a collaborative lender, they get a profit sharing, which is unusual. So when the building is sold at a profit, they share 30% of the profits with the fund and the fund shares 80% of that with the investor. So you actually get more than 8%. The 8% is considered a preferred return, but the amount over that is the profit sharing. So for example, last year for 2017, the actual return of the fund was 8.7, 8% from the uh, mortgage interest, 0.7 from the profit sharing. And over time, as there are more projects coming to fruition, there'd be more profit sharing. It'll be another half to one point, don't over, overdo it, but that's, that's a nice little extra to get on top of the 8%, which is what's called a preferred return, by the way. That's paid before management gets anything. Yeah, so looking at, we typically are looking at fund analysis um, and help fill me in here if I'm missing anything off the list. We typically look at like, what's the return on investment going to be the whole time? Uh, typically the operating agreements that go into that with like our ability to exit or whether we have you know loss of face of managers or whatever a case would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're also, I, one of the things that can be uh, tricky to find out uh, when I was looking at in investing in funds was about what's the uh, scope of assets, right? It's trying to figure out like whether my investment strategy, like if I think, hey, I think actually real estate is going to take like a big dip, you know, in the next year and a half or two years or so. A lot of people are talking recession and try to say like, okay, well, that's great. A preferred return is great if it makes money, right? But if it's, you know, too highly leveraged or whatever the case would be with the fund, you know, it could, you know, crash on that piece of it. And then there's a struggle typically between how much the fund managers want to be involved with saying, here's everything we're doing while we're doing it this way. And, you know, the end uh, investor uh, saying, well, here, this, this is more information um, that I want. So how, how do you, how do you look at with, with funds and saying, what do you want to look for in those types of areas to know that this is a, a strong fund uh, that you want to um, uh, qualify for, for your sure. investment? That these guys so several doing. things. So obviously real estate has risk, the nature of real estate. So what they do is try to mitigate those risks in as many ways as they can. So one of the ways they do it, the maximum they're going to lend is 70% loan to value. So there's a 30% uh, 
what I call skin in the game on the part of the borrower developer. He's not going to walk away with something that he's got a lot of money in, involved. That would be the first thing. Secondly, they mitigate the risk by diversifying geographically all over the country, maybe 30 different projects going at any particular time. So it's widely diversified geographically. The next uh, diversification is they diversify by type. So they'll do apartment buildings, they'll do medical offices, they'll do assisted living, they'll do uh, shopping centers, they'll do student housing. So it's mixed with many different types of real estate. So those are some of the ways that they mitigate the risks. And then they're super, super careful in the underwriting to make sure that you know, these are people they want to deal with. Tom told me actually, he said he has an 1100 point checklist that he goes through before he lends to anybody. He's seen every mistake anybody's ever made and he goes through them all to make sure they're financially strong, they've got a good background in finishing projects. 1,100 points he's looking at. So yes, there are risks in real estate, but they do everything they can to mitigate it. And then in the offering circular, this has all gone through the SEC, it's an SEC registered fund. Is there a detailed track record? I think it's $157 million they've lent over the years and each project and how they've done. And the defaults are very, very, very minimal. And it, in the absolute worst case, Scott, say there were a default, what they would do is take over the project and finish it. And uh, they'd actually have a bigger profit share because remember they'd lent 70% maximum. So they'd capture that 30% in case of uh, taking it over and finishing it and selling it for full market value. So even in the worst case scenario like that, it still should come out okay. That's awesome. And, and for the show notes of today's show, um, do you have, or do you know of any resources that are about the, the guys that are heading up the fund um, for, you know, exactly where people can research them more? Because funds are only as strong as like the people that are heading them up. Totally. Right? Totally yeah. agree with you. Yes. So okay. actually at that website, securedrealestatefunds.com is a thing that says about us. And there's a full bio biography of Tom Bregelman and Chuck Tralka. And I'm on the board. I'm fully disclosing this. I, this is a great thing. And I know these people well. And, uh, so my bio's on there. There's other people. There's a guy who's actually the fund administrator who deals with investors named um, Robert Barr, who actually kind of, for example, what he does is he sets up what's called a folio account, which is a third party administrator to keep your assets. And so you can go in online and see that. And you can have monthly payouts if you like, or you can reinvest it and have the money compounding at 8% plus inside that folio, inside an IRA, outside an IRA, whatever's best for you. That's great, Jordan. And, and I know a lot of people, you know, if they're, they're typical, uh, you know, brick and mortar types investors, that there can be like a, a, a gap in saying, you know, what investing in a fund would be. And, and because there's so many, right? Like, especially that you see now with like the rise of crowdfunding, it's actually brought a ton of bad operators into the scene. Right. And then I think that's people have more asset, uh, access, but it's also given... Um, the operators that are coming along that I see a lot of on crowdfunding sites to be like, whoa, those are deals that nobody should ever make. Yes. There, right. And I, I'm sure you see those like all the time too. Right. right? So when right. you're trying to look at, um, you know, what are the red flags that you see with um, other funds or other deals that, that you say, Hey, these are the really common ones, guys that you would know, like, this is absolutely what you don't want to go into. Um, Cause I'm sure you guys aren't doing that, but this would give people like a counter right. to say like, here's I what the bad guys look like. Well, you, obviously track record is key and, and how they actually pulled off these kind of deals over a long period of time. Leverage, how much leverage are they going to apply to this thing? Uh, what kind of supervision do they have of the projects? Uh, are they speculative based on appreciation or are they speculative based on adding value? That's a very big 
Yeah, I mean, if you have a hot real estate market like Seattle or San Francisco today, well, that's great, but it doesn't stay hot forever. <laughs> you know, and if you're going to make money by appreciation and you kind of get caught at the top, you know what happened in 2006 to 2009, you know, that wasn't pretty. So that's why this is different. It's not based on appreciation in the area. It's based on adding value. If it may help, Scott, let me just give you an example of a deal they did recently, kind of brings it home a little bit. Um, so they had a guy that had a big house in Boulder, Colorado, that he'd been renting to two students forever. He got a loan from the fund, it was about a million dollars, I think, renovated the house and over a year, and now he had two, uh, four apartments instead of two in the same building. So his cash flow doubled from the same property, and the value of the real estate was up, whatever, 40, 50%, something like that. So he was willing to pay, and they're probably charging 10, 11%, something like that, maybe including some points uh, for the upfront deal. Uh, but he was willing to pay, say, 10% in order to get this his income doubling and the value of his house up a lot. And he couldn't get a loan from a local bank. So that's a kind of a typical situation. The 8% that investors get is called a preferred return. They get it before the management gets anything. The way they make their money is on the back end when the loan actually performs. So again, their incentive structure is not to kind of load it up front. They only make it when it actually performs. Yeah, just to guys, just to clear, uh, just to underscore a point, what he's talking about is load on the funds, right? You'll find a lot of funds that you'll come into to say they'll do a $5 million raise. And then what will happen is the operators will take a million dollars out of that $5 million raise immediately. And that's right. called a front loaded fund. And those are ones you never typically want to get right. into because right. now there's not an incentive for people to perform. So Jordan's underlining for you guys now is saying like, this is a type of fund that's running correctly where you want it. Uh, you want the operators to be heavily invested in things having to perform. So that right. way they they might get some expenses along the way. All these guys do. They're always charging some type of fees because that's how they keep the lights on, pay their staff or whatever. Um, but you want them to have like the paydays that they're looking for in the back end of it. So you Correct. for that. Is that and remember I mentioned the profit sharing. So I said 80% of it goes to the fund shareholders, 20% goes to management. So they, again, they profit on the back end when the whole project is successful. And by the way, there are no commissions for getting into this thing. You go to that website, securedrealestatefunds.com. You can actually invest right online, clicking a few buttons, and you give them $10,000, and the $10,000 is getting 8%. There's no commission taken off the top uh, in any way for salespeople or anything like that. Yeah. And, and it's a great, uh, funds are fantastic, guys. If you haven't looked into them before, um, you, I would recommend whether you're, you're, go, you're going to be you know, going to the securedrealestatefunds.com or you're looking at any other fund and it's your first one, make sure that you're going into it with somebody else that's a quote unquote like mentor for you into yes. it. So you can see all of the other pieces that you might not know because it's your first time or get a trusted advisor like a CPA or attorney that's like me that regularly does this type of work. Um, to be able to show you like, okay, here's what you're not seeing because this is a new type of deal structure. Like one of the things we touch on a lot in the show, Jordan, is like how people get burned by swimming outside their lane. Right. And how do you know when to swim outside your lane and how do you do it correctly? And one of the key pieces you always have to do is do it with somebody else that's really experienced that's Correct. like a, a co-venture partner or a professional that's advising you that's experienced in that Absolutely. asset class Absolutely. with it. Uh, we're but, all on the same page for sure. Awesome. Well, I was wondering too, is, is there um, basic... <clears throat> Is there uh, a lot of businesses that we work off and some funds that I've worked with before, there's, they, they work off of some key ratios. 
that like that essentially breaks down like here's what this fund is like quote unquote about right and you've touched on a couple of those people like what's the leverage like what's their exposure at, at any given time is is there key metrics that that you guys look at or that come to your uh, mind is that you normally would explain to people that says here's how we can really distill down and, and some hard numbers of what's going on with this fund i mean you know again 70 percent maximum loan to value that's one ratio uh the eight percent uh, you know, preferred yield uh, plus the profit sharing. I'm not sure what other ratios you're looking for. That's, it, it's a pretty simple kind of thing. This is not designed for appreciation. It's designed for income. Okay. And the, the net asset value remains at $10 a share. Pretty much doesn't go up or down. So it's, it's not like an appreciation fund, which can depreciate as well. It's designed to keep your uh, principal secured is the right word, secured by physical real estate. Um, and then, produce a nice source of income. And then if you can reinvest it over time, if your money is growing at 8% plus reinvested without having the ups and downs of the stock market or real estate market for that matter, uh, that's part of your portfolio. I see it as kind of an alternative to bonds and cash. Basically cash pretty much earns zero these days. Bonds, you know, three, 4% maybe with volatility. That's to, in a part of an overall portfolio. That's the, the role I see of it uh, in a portfolio. Oh, okay. I see. So it's it, in a way too. I think that this is actually even a more secure investment than real estate is generally, right? Because it's essentially it's like hard money lending that comes through, that to be able to push out. But it's only up to the seventy percent of the value. So then, right. even if the market takes by thirty percent, you're still fully secured. Because I bet you guys at that rate, you're still only doing a first lien position. Correct. First lien position. Right. And it's, it's, it's short term. One one year to eighteen months. These loans. So this okay. is not a thirty year mortgage. These are short term. Forward, they get the project done, then they pay it off. So it, there's a constant turnover as these projects end, then they go to new projects. So it also mitigates the risk by having it be shorter term like that. Excellent. And um, when you're, so let's say that if people wanted to look into to find to say, you know, like I want to know, uh, you know, I had a client potentially so Congress say, hey, I'm interested in looking at Jordan's firm. Scott, can you take a look at what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's typical that you guys would do to say, like, here's the type of loan documents we're doing. Here's the type Absolutely. of assets that are going in that. Is it pretty open door on what pieces, what, what pieces do you guys hold um, uh, private? So that way you like maintain your market edge. What, what's that kind of well, limit? I mean, they're not going to tell you what projects they're looking at. <laughs> they're going to okay. tell you what projects are in there but they're not gonna tell you what project, but you know, the track record of actual projects they've done is all in the SEC disclosure. Um, but I mean, they're looking at projects all the time and they're probably not gonna tell you what the, what the new projects are, but they'll tell you what's in the fund. Good. Well, that's, that's excellent, Jordan. I know you, you talked about bef um, before a little bit that you have some excellent resources. Um, I do. I wanted to introduce other, can, uh, let's, I think we should go through those because sure. uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think we've gotten people are pretty excited probably now to say, hey, I want to learn more and to get invest, uh, interested in how I can get into a fund and start making my 8% right away um, and, uh, and do that. So where should we start? Well, there's another one though. This has nothing to do with secured real estate funds. This is a way for people to pay their mortgages off much, much faster than they ever thought possible, called the mortgage optimization strategy, which they can use either for their primary residence or they can use it for invested properties, either way. Now, with the traditional uh, mortgage system, you keep your money in a checking account earning zero, and then you have your 30-year uh, mortgage where your amortization is very, very slow. <laughs> You're making a lot of interest payments and not a lot of principal payments for a long, long, long time. First 10 to 15 years, maybe you'll pay off 10% of the principal, something like that. 
So this mortgage uh, optimization strategy allows you to pay the principal off much, much faster without extra income, Scott. It's, it's, you have the same income as before, but the way you're flowing it, you're making much more progress on the principal. And the bottom line is you pay off a 30-year mortgage in about five to seven years on the same level of income. I don't know if this is a strategy you've heard about before, but- I, I haven't ever heard of it. Can you tell good. me more? All righty. So let me just do a simple example of how it works. You have a, say you have your first mortgage at 4%, you know, some kind of a good rate. You would get a home equity line of credit, what's called a HELOC, which is a liquid line, a, a second mortgage against your house, okay? And you do what they call the blended strategy. You, so you, use, you pay down some of the first with the amount of money you borrowed on the HELOC, and then you pay the HELOC down with your cash flow being in the HELOC all the time, and then you do another bump and you end up paying it off. Maybe I'll just give you a simple example of how it works, Scott. So you kind of- Sure. This is oversimplified, but it's giving you the idea of how it works. Say you had a house worth 300,000, just as an example, okay? And you say you had a 200,000 first at 4%, you had a good rate on your first, okay? You'd go out and get a HELOC at say 50,000 for this part of that uh, extra equity you've got in the house. So you just open it, you haven't used it yet. You would write a check, $50,000 on that HELOC towards the first, okay? So now your first, instead of being 200, is now 150 and you owe 50 on the HELOC, okay? Now you keep your income, your paycheck, dividends, whatever income you have, instead of keeping in the checking account, you keep it in the HELOC. Remember, it's completely liquid, money can go in, money can go out, whatever you like. All that money that's going in there is pushing down the balance every day. You just spent $50,000 to pay down your first, you get a check for $1,000, your paycheck or something, you put it in the HELOC, instead of owing 50,000, you owe no, now owe 49,000, right? HELOCs are based on what's called average daily balance. How much do I owe today? So all your income is constantly going into that HELOC. You pay your bills out of the HELOC as well. But the best way to do it is have all your bills on one credit card, your food, your utilities, all your things. And then every day your balance is going down a little bit. But one day a month when you pay your credit card bill, the balance will go up. But you see how you're making progress on the principal? Okay. So after, say, a year, depending on how the numbers work, say a year, you pay that $50,000 HELOC off to zero, okay, by constantly making progress on principal, then you do it again. You write another $50,000 check on the HELOC towards the first. Now, instead of owing 150, you owe 100, pay the HELOC off. You do it twice more, 50,000 each time. After four years, your first is paid off. In the fifth year, you pay off your HELOC, at, you know, 50,000. You are now mortgage-free. That's a simplified example of it. But you see how your money is working for you all the time instead of the traditional system where your money's sitting in a checking account earning nothing and all your money is working for the bank. So I, I think, yeah, I, I was just wondering about that. It's like, what's the difference between that and taking all of the income that you would have and then applying it directly to the first? Because that's essentially what you'd be doing. Is this, is it really? Much a bigger difference. Yeah, okay. it's a much bigger difference. Okay. So a first mortgage is not liquid. Okay, you can't write a check on your mortgage. So if you're making extra principal payments on your mortgage, it'll cut two, three years off your mortgage or something like that. But all the money that you put into the mortgage, you can't get out. You're hurting your cash flow. Whereas with a HELOC, it's liquid. You can take money in, you can take it out, and you can pay your bills out of it that way. Okay, and you're making much faster progress when you do the, the strategy I talked about, you know, 50,000 at a time. So it's, this is not making an extra mortgage principal payment. Or, or some people say, or oh, they'll make, bi-weekly. You know, all right, that's nice. You made 13 payments for the year instead of 12. So that'll cut two or three years off your payment. 
your, your payoff. This is cutting 25 years off your payoff uh, on the same level of income you've got. There's actually a free website people can look at to model it for themselves, which is called truthinequity.com. And that explains it in more detail. They have what's called a personal profile. It's all free. And you put in your income, your expenses, your house value, your mortgage, all the different numbers. And it's going to, they have the algorithms that says, okay, based on what you're doing today, it'll take you 28 and a half years to pay off your mortgage, whatever it comes out to be. And with the numbers you just gave us, it'll be 6.2 years or however it comes out to be. And then they show you step-by-step step actually how to do it. There are three things you need, Scott, to make this work. First thing, you gotta have equity in your house. If you're underwater in your house, there's nothing to borrow against. Second thing, you gotta have a decent credit score. I'd say 680 or higher to qualify for the HELOC. And the third thing, you need positive cash flow. More money coming in than going out during the month because that positive cash flow is what's pushing that principle down on a regular basis. And I bet the vast majority of your listeners have those three things and therefore could use the strategy both for their own individual homes that they live in and for investment properties. Because with that, with an investment property, your tenants, rents, are paying the mortgage down faster and that property becomes free and clear again, in five years instead of 30 years and save you a huge amount of unnecessary interest. That's fantastic, Jordan. And that's truthandequity.com, right? Correct. So I did a book called Master Your Debt and I have a whole chapter explaining how the whole thing works. And most people have never heard about something like that. And, and you're not going to hear about that from the banks, right? Banks are totally uninterested in something where you pay your mortgage off faster. They think you're doing a great job by keeping your money in the checking account earning zero and paying them for 30 years. Even better, refinance your mortgage and start a new 30-year clock all over again where you threw away tens of thousands of dollars of interest you paid in the previous mortgage, right? So don't expect to hear about mortgage optimization from the banks. Awesome, Jordan. Is, is there some other resources you want to yes. cover as well? Okay. So let's give you another resource for mortgages for people who are what are called American heroes. Okay, now heroes are defined as military, either current military or veterans, uh, police, fire, EMTs, doctors, anybody in the medical field, dentists, anything like that, educators or clergy. Okay, kind of the, the helping professions, I guess you might say. So if you're in, if you're considered an American hero, there's a program called Heroes Come First. And what it does is it gives you a quarter, a quarter of the real estate agent's commission when you buy a home or sell a home is rebated back to you. So that can be thousands of dollars right there. Or uh, you get a discount on the mortgage and a discount on all of the closing costs, the appraisals and the escrows and the legal costs, all those things, it can be thousands of dollars that you save that way. Now, you just go to the free website, heroescomefirst.com. Uh, they've also got a phone number, 888-437-6114. And you just have to work with somebody who's within that program. So you call them from wherever you are, and they say, okay, here's a realtor that we, that's in the program. And you get you know, huge discounts on commissions and all the things we just talked about. So heroescomefirst.com can help a lot of people save a lot of money if they're considered a hero. That's fantastic. Yeah, what a great service to be able to, to offer out to people and, and help them out. I know that there's a lot of great loans too that um, a lot of my buddies um, that get from the, the VA close on a couple of houses and getting sure. great loan rates on it. And real estate investing is really wide open for anybody that's uh, uh, for, the, for the military as well too, right? So the military's fine, but yeah. it's all these other heroes as well. You know, yeah. it's nice to say thank you for your service when you're in the airport going by, but 
this is giving them thousands of dollars. That's even better. Yeah. I think, I think everybody's a lot happier with thousands of dollars to tell you the truth. You know? They say, yeah, thank you for your service. Uh, okay. No, here's a thousand dollars. I'm a lot happier. Uh, here's like $10,000. Know? <laughs> yeah. And actually they, they also, part of this, they have grants for first time home buyers. I think it's up to $7,500 towards the down payment. So just a whole bunch of things. So if any of your audience are heroes or no heroes, I just saved them a ton of money, hopefully, to help them out. That's fantastic, Jordan. Um, thanks, thanks for that. A great resource. Do we have, we have a couple of minutes uh, left here today. What else? I'll give you one more quick one, okay. which is a lot of people with adjustable rate mortgages have their, their mortgage payments are incorrect because they're tied to some rate that goes up and down. And in many cases, the banks do it wrongly. So there's a free website, which is called verifymymortgage.com, which will take your original loan documents, see what payments you've actually been making, and like 40 to 50% of the cases find that you've been paying too much. And they do a detailed analysis and they'll give you a detailed letter that says, here's what you have been paying, here's what you should have been paying, give the guy a refund of $8,000 and change his payment to this. So verifymymortgage.com can find all kinds of errors in adjust rate mortgage payments. That is fantastic, Jordan. I would love to host all of these resources, even up on our website. Great. Thanks for people to, to go up there. So I'd love to, to share more of those um, that we have going on. I mean, I, I feel like I learned a lot from today's episode, especially from how do we do the funds, some of these tips and tricks of other resources we can be looking at um, for, for just one more, one more time to, to plug. If anybody wants to connect with you or get involved uh, with, you know, your, um, the information that you're bringing to the, to the world here, what's the best way for them to do that? So my website is moneyanswers.com. I'm America's Money Answers Man. So I've got all kinds of resources. I've got a YouTube channel. I have a weekly uh, show called the Money Answers Radio Show, which is all on there as well. You'll see me on TV and radio and podcast. I've got a whole podcast section. We'll put this on the website as well. Um, so just loads of resources. And I'm glad to take emails for your listeners as well. That's awesome, Jordan. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show today and, and being with us. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Of course, I'm Scott Royal Smith, uh, the host here at the Real Estate Nerds podcast and owner of Royal Legal Solutions, your one-stop shop for everything real estate, asset protection, uh, tax, legal, and business. So thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again soon. That's all for this Best Deal episode. And I'm your host, Scott Royal Smith with the Real Estate Nerds podcast. When investments go good, they can go great. Your legendary best deal could be your next one, so keep at it. Thank you for joining us, and if you enjoyed the show, leave a review to help clue in those sleeping masses for what they need to know and what we all need reminders of. Do your good deed for the day, and I'll see you again soon.